a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to this Thursday episode of Live Mike, episode number 272. Uh, I'm kind of in a bummed out mood after spending so much time talking about uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene. Because any way you dice it, any way you look at it, depending, you know, it doesn't matter if you're on uh, her side or the Democrat side or whatever side you find yourself. Uh, it's an unfortunate reality that such a debate is playing out uh, in Washington, D.C. right now, specifically in Congress. That's a, a sacred place that's typically reserved, uh, you'd hope, you know, in the ideal sense, for important decisions being made. And uh, to spend so much time today, instead of talking about, uh, you know, great compromise that came or great new laws or the repeal of some kind of law, something that you and I could, uh, you know, debate in earnest, uh, but that debate dealing with the goodness in our nation instead of, you know, these dark, nasty topics and these uh, dark, unfortunate positions held and uh, the the unprecedented consequences that may before. Anyway, I, I'm going to come off this. I, I'm not going to spend too much time uh, on this at all. The vote, though, the vote on whether or not to remove Representative Taylor Greene should come up here uh, in the next hour or so. So we'll know. We'll know uh, how things shape up before, likely before the end of the program today. I'll keep you apprised uh, to that and won't bring it up again uh, until then. Uh, right now, though, oh, this is great. This is a great, wonderful, refreshing story to tell in the midst of all the turmoil in Washington. And <laughs> honestly, I'm real excited. Uh, here, listen to this first. Uh, tell me if you recognize this. And, and, and what did David do? What did David do? What did David do? David <laughs> danced before the Lord with all his might, leaping, leaping and dancing before the Lord. Leaping and dancing. You recognize that? A little 15-second excerpt from which movie? 57500. That's the text line. Send a note over. I'll, I'll reveal it in just a moment. But first, let me tell uh, the story playing out right now uh, in a Granite High School, uh, specifically uh, Taylorsville High School. There is uh, each year there at Taylorsville a dance. And due to, well, of course, the coronavirus, uh, that dance this year has been called off. And there are a number of students uh, upset with that. There are a number of students that look uh, out and say, well, hold on, hold on one second. If we've got, like, contact sports happening, if we've got, uh, you know, gatherings in the classroom, if we have a number of school-sanctioned and district-sanctioned events taking place where, uh, you know, students are going to be in pretty close proximity to one another, and if we have already figured out a way to mitigate the spread of COVID-19. How the heck is it that we can't have ourselves a dance? 
last night, uh, or maybe it wasn't, it was recently, in the last few days, I'll say, uh, in the last few days there was a uh, Granite School Board meeting. And a junior from Taylorsville High School, Caitlin Bone, uh, she participated in the board meeting. She, during the public comment period, took to the microphone and asked them to reinstate school dances. Since the outbreak in March, most school dances have been canceled. Uh, And, in fact, it's not just the dances. There's the in-person graduations and a number of other extracurriculars have stopped. But some have stayed in place. Here's what Caitlin Bone had to say at that Granite School Board meeting. I, along with many of my peers, believe that we should still be engaging in these activities. Extracurriculars are vital to the school experience, especially during these times. Now, here she gets into her rationale. She argues that school dances could be safer than eating lunch in school. A dance might actually be safer because during lunch, students take their masks off to eat, while at a dance, masks would remain strictly on. Now, here's one. And if you... If you've read the article on this story at KSL.com, written by uh, Marjorie Cortez with the Deseret News, uh, the very end, the very end of the article shows a a little bit of hope. Let me share with you this final piece of rationale presented by uh, the young student from Taylorsville. Uh, Here, she says that uh, they test to stay in school. Why can't they do that for dances? With the new test to stay program, how easy would it be to test students prior to coming to a dance? You get your results back so quickly. Okay. Now, here's the final paragraph I'll read to you from the uh, story right now published on KSL.com, written by Marjorie Cortez. It reads, Granite School District Superintendent Martin Bates directed staff to talk to Bone about work underway with county health officials to review end-of-school activities and determine whether they can resume safely. I uh, have done a little bit of writing in my day, and what that paragraph right there communicates to me is that there is a chance... That this young Caitlin Bone and those who feel similarly to her may actually get their way. And I hope that that happens. I hope that these young people are able to, even in the midst of this COVID-19 pandemic, I hope that they are able to experience one of these kind of foundational moments in life. You might say, Lee, listen, we're all making sacrifices. I think uh, uh, a few snot-nosed high school kids can sacrifice their dance. I hear you, but let me put this to you. I have, over the past year or so, had a a number of conversations, both on this program, uh, I've met with a little baby Piper's pediatrician, and uh, have asked to countless professionals. I've asked them, medical and mental health professionals, I've asked them, what will this year of isolation and separation and social, physical distancing, what is it going to do to this generation of young people? What will it do in the future in terms of their ability to compete or relate or develop emotionally and socially. Is this year, or this era, I should say, now that we've moved into 2021, we're into our second year of this, will this give way to a stunted generation? A generation of young people uh, who will have lost some of the developmental advantages that those of us that got to go to prom enjoyed. For those of us that uh, didn't have to wear a mask and didn't have to get tested to go to math class. And you know what the quest, you know what the answer is? For the most part, it's I don't know. And for those willing to speculate, they assert that yes, in fact, it will. And so, I think, if I'm a shot caller in this story, 
I would say, listen, kids, you, you make a great point. We're going to arrange some sort of testing strategy. And ahead of uh, these dances, uh, you're going to get tested. And if you come back and you're negative and you don't have the COVID virus, well, welcome to the dance. Once you're in there, though, we're going to have uh, some more parameters. You don't have to look at uh, uh, like the slow dancing and all that. You might have to work out a deal with the students there. Uh, but you can have a, a big enough dance hall. Or maybe it's uh, maybe it's you break it down by last name. You line them all up in alphabetical order. The first third dances first, second third second, third third, or something like that. I bet you there's some middle ground that can get worked out here, and I sure hope it does. And I hope it gets worked out not just here in this school and in this school district, but far and wide, even beyond the borders of Utah. Because uh, I, I remember those moments myself. I remember the school dances. And I carry with me today uh, some of the memories uh, that I formed there. Some of the self-consciousness that you develop, you know, wondering whether or not if you ask so-and-so to dance, whether or not they'll say yes. Or uh, wondering, how do I look? I got this brand new shirt, this brand new tie, I got a new old haircut. How am I doing? Those pressures and anxieties and those triumphs are all so valuable and good. And I hope that uh, students this year get to experience them as best they can. Uh, we're going to take a quick break right now. Uh, a friend of mine here at KSL News Radio, you know him, Dave Noriega, has some real strong thoughts on this. He's going to join me. We're going to talk at greater length about this dance controversy, whether or not we should let the kids dance. I'd also like to hear from you. 57500. It's the Utah Community Credit Union text line. Or for, feel free to call. Why not? Talk about dancing. 801 575 8255. 801 KSL Talk. Should these young people be allowed to dance? Oh, by the way, Footloose was the movie. Did you get that right? Dave Noriega, my guest next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. And 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 what did David do? What did David do? What did David do? David <laughs> danced before the Lord with all his might, leaping, leaping and dancing before the Lord, leaping and dancing, leaping and dancing. I played that sound bite in the last segment, and I asked you. I thought it was an easy one. I thought it was pretty easy. I said, hey, you recognize that clip right there? I'm, I'll tell you at the end of the segment. Send me a text message, 57500. And guess what? Uh, dozens of you. Dozens of you wrote back. And you know what? Not a single one got, oh, that's not true. Of the dozens of responses that came in, correct responses. Of course, it's Footloose, right? You, you can't call yourself a Utah and not recognize Footloose. Uh, filmed in part down at Lehigh Roller Mills. Somebody said flash dance. <laughs> Somebody said flash. I don't want to ridicule. I'm not going to give away your phone number, which I have right here in front of me. I'm not going to give it away. But come on now. You flash dance at your weekend assignment is to get your hands on a copy of Footloose and watch that great Utah movie. All right. Why am I talking about Footloose? Well, uh, the truth is, I wasn't going to spend two segments talking about what's playing out right now in the Granite School District, specifically Taylorsville High School, but I got chatting earlier today in the newsroom with my good friend Dave Noriega, and we got talking about uh, you know the, the efforts of this young high school junior, Caitlin Bone, who went before the school board, uh, making her case. I thought a pretty strong one, too, uh, talking about the various measures that are being taken to ensure the safety of Uh, let's say, high school athletes and others who are getting together in relative close proximity for prolonged periods of time. A lot of the same characteristics of, say, a high school dance, if you're lucky. Uh, And 
you brought up some great points, uh, Dave, as to why maybe it is that these students you know, who aren't involved in like sports or uh, whatever are maybe missing out on things that if they had a louder voice to speak on their behalf, uh, they may be enjoying. Yeah, I think one of the things that I learned early on, this is the piece of advice my mom gave me. She said, kids can feel fair. They just innately, they understand when something is fair and when it's not. Even when you have a toddler, that's not fair. If they say that to you, guess what, friend? It's probably unfair. (laughs) They have a good radar for that thing. And I think a lot of kids are looking at the extracurricular activities that are going on right now, sports, yeah. For example, and they're like, "Well, why can't we do our debate tournament? Or why can't I do a dance? Or why can't we have graduation?" At the very beginning, when all of this went by the wayside, or, uh, about a year ago, in you know March, April, my son missed his gra- his senior graduation, his senior prom, all that. I didn't realize that. I- I'm I'm sorry. He was in the middle of it. Uh, uh, missed his track season, which he had been training for years for his senior year track season. Misses it out. Misses out on it. Let me just point out, folks, this is why I've brought uh, Dave Noriega in here. Uh, he's been able to witness the impact on, on school-aged children uh, at, at many different levels, uh, something I'm not yet privy to. I got that little baby Piper. Uh, she is advanced for her age, but they're not letting uh, one-year-olds into high school quite yet. We'll give her another year to catch up. <laughs> but, uh, but, Dave, you've seen this stuff firsthand. Yeah, and I think what happens is kids, they'll give you a pass. We were all trying to figure this out a year ago, trying to figure out what it means well, now that we're a year into it, we've learned some things and we've relaxed the procedures in certain areas, but not others. And this is where the kids are asking, well, that's not fair. Why can't we have our dance? If you can play football and be smashing into each other mm-hmm. and huffing and puffing and piling on top of each other, we can't dance. <laughs> yeah. And how about wrestling? I've been seeing uh, Rulon Gardner. Uh, a Facebook friend of mine, uh, Olympic gold medalist. I've been seeing him posting some photos from some wrestling tournaments, and uh, I was looking at those, thinking, "Oh, that must be a, that must be like a 2016, 2017 tournament." <laughs> nope, last weekend. Exactly. And the kids can't dance. Yeah. And listen, when you're a junior, it's like awkward and weird, right? Most of them aren't going to be coming up to one another saying, hey, can I put my arms around you and dance? Nah, they're going to be lined up along the wall like the wallflowers they are. But let them have the opportunity, right? Well, and there's this belief, and, and maybe we live in uh, this kind of la-la land, of we think, well, you know, if, if our kids should just go from school directly to their room, they'll be safe. That's not what's happening. The kids are not... Uh, just isolating. They're hanging out together. They're hanging out on weekends. They're spending time together. They're not masking up. Sure, there's a few. But you walk past any high school, as soon as that bell rings, they take two steps out and the mask, boom, comes off. And they're talking with their friends. Uh, So what happens, and this is why I think there's a little bit of a danger by just continually saying, no, 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 can't do that is the kids will go off and do their own thing. Again, my son. They had their own graduation. Yeah. They got together as friends. They had their own senior vacation, their own senior party, right? They just did it on their own. When you do it with the school, then you can put in some rules, yeah, sure. right? You can have the kids come in and this was one of the things I loved about uh 
uh, Caitlin Bones uh, uh, proposal. She's like, we can all get tests. Yeah, school-wide, district-wide, yeah. statewide, they have programs in place that are uh, ensuring uh, you know, that the folks that are in attendance are healthy. Davis High School just did a, a test-to-stay program on Monday, this Monday. They tested over 80% of the entire school in one day. There's 2,200 kids at that school, and they tested 80% of them. So it, it's not overwhelming the system. There are ways to do it fairly. And I think we need to be open to saying, you know what, that's reasonable. And that's exactly what I think Caitlin did. She said, this is reasonable. This is fair. Yeah, I I admire her for that. Uh, I I hope that something's able to get worked out. And the Marjorie Cortez story, uh, which is published right now at KSL.com as well as the Deseret News, it, it seems to indicate there might be a little bit of conversation room there. The superintendent of the Granite School District directed his staff to uh, to talk to Caitlin Bone, this this young high school junior who appeared before the school board. See if there's something they can't work out. Dave Noriega, thank you so much for this. Uh, you were like a you were like prom king, right? I dated the prom queen. There you go. Not so That's bad. good enough, right? Not it's so even bad. better than being prom king. There the way. Uh, listen, we're going to take a break right now. When we return, I will deliver to you the top two stories at 2 o'clock. That's ahead here on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.